I always thought the only reason people would sell for such a discount is because they're about to lose the property. That is like 1% of the deals that I've ever done. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. I want to welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, the Rhino Tribe, an incredible real estate investor slash wholesaler from Augusta, Georgia. Hugh Boy, which, by the way, before you say anything, Hugh, has one of the greatest closing techniques I've ever heard. He literally, 15 minutes before this podcast started, he was on an appointment with the property owner and said, I need to get this contract signed right now because I got to go and do a podcast and got the contract signed, got the deal locked up with the closing technique that he had to be on this podcast. And it worked. Welcome to the podcast, Hugh. How are you, buddy? I am doing well, friend. How are you? This is, listen, I am so excited about this because you and I have had a indirect relationship for a long time and then a more direct relationship recently, which has just been an absolute blessing, not only for myself, uh, but for everybody in the TTP coaching program. And I think it's just phenomenal. You You took the classic approach and let me just open this up. You took the classic approach to your real estate business. You took about a year of studying and reading books and listening to uh, Bigger Pockets podcasts and going on YouTube and just getting to the point where you feel like you're comfortable and you're confident enough to start taking action. And then it took about a year of that process before you actually got your first deal. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about what was the magnet that drew you in to being a real estate investor and a real estate wholesaler? So I, I got to go back all the way because like I am not a native to, to America. So actually, I moved here when I was 16 years old at a time. I don't even know how to speak a, a conversation with a American because that was how bad my English was. So I re- remember receiving a, a D in one of my PE classes because the teacher was telling me to do a bench press. And I'm all sitting there doing some curls. Nope. But fast forward, that's why I choose, uh, when I go to college, I, I choose engineering as my major because I hate TTP, man. I'm sorry, no offense. But at the time, I, I hate TTP. I, I don't want to talk to people. That's why I, I choose to nerd out into the, the technical world. Fast forward, graduate college in 2017. I had a job for the first two years and just realized I, I hate engineering even more. It's one of those things where you study one thing in class and then when you're trying to apply it to the real world, something just doesn't click for me. Um, and, and that's when I decide, hey, how do I get out of this office nine to five? Because if I got to be here for the next 40 years, I'm going to be so depressed, man. I, I got to find something quick. And that's when I come across a real estate. I know that my dad used to do real estate a lot during his early age. So it's always in the back of my mind. But it wasn't until the, the point where I, I just hate the way my life is. Sure. To, to be able to push me to pursue another option. So that's when I come across, like you said, bigger pockets and all the typical books. Studied that for a whole year. Actually, I was able to buy some deals on the market, getting into a contract, doing an inspection, and then freak out and then like back out of the contract and just destroy my inspection money. I, I do that for about three times. <laughs> so I lose about like 
$1,200 on inspection fees just because I am just so scared. I was so conservative. And I feel like I don't, I don't have a good deal. I don't. I feel like I'm, I'm being something doesn't feel right. So I should back out. Now looking back, of course, I, I wish I, I bought them all. Hindsight is twenty twenty. But um, and then I realized that there's a few people in my local area. They always seem to do, do something called assignment. And then they they always man, I'm looking at their deals and I'm looking at the deals on the MLS that I see with my realtors. It's like day and night. Man, I'm like, how do they get these deals? They're so deep, and it's always seemed to be a mystery for me. Um, but after a while, I say, hey, if, if they and then later on, I realized that they go direct to seller. They don't look at on the market stuff. And so I realized, hey, if that's the way they buy it, I, I need to do the same thing, too, because what if I come across another on market deal? And I always have to wonder, do I buy a good deal or not? But if I buy it at their number, I'll, I'll buy it all day long. If, if cause that's just so safe at a number for for me being a really conservative person. So that's when I discover I got to go through off market and I got to just direct. I love it because you are the perfect example of how to do this the right way once you got on the track of wholesaling. And let me explain for everybody listening and watching. When we start out, initially, we're learning from Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You buy assets, you have these rental properties, you get cash flow, you get enough cash flow, it covers your expenses, and now you have financial freedom. What they don't tell you is you have to create a business. You have to create an actual business that finds deals. That's the start. Yes, we want to own assets. Yes, we want cash flow. But guess what? You build a system, you build a machine of, uh, you build a business essentially that's out there every single day finding new opportunities. You get to do whatever exit strategy you want. You can either assign it where you literally just assign your rights to buy a property to somebody else. You can flip it. You, you clean it up, you flip it, or you just buy it, close on it and flip it as it is, or you rent it, right? You own it in your portfolio. But I'm telling you guys what Hugh's going to describe here in his story, because by the way, he's done over, he's done between 20 and 30 deals. He stopped counting after 20. Okay. And made with equity. Cause he's kept some of these deals and he's flipped some of these deals and he's wholesaled some of these deals. He's kept some of these properties, but he's over half a million dollars in income and equity and, 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 it's incredible just from doing what we talk about on this podcast, just from going out and being proactive and reaching out to the property owners. Isn't that right? Yes. hundred percent. Let's, let's walk through this, right? So you're 16 years old. You don't know conversational English. You don't, you're totally intimidated to, to have conversations with people. And here you are making cold calls on people's biggest assets that they own and asking them if they would consider an offer. How do you get that courage? Yes, it's, it's a spectrum, right? So it, I don't go from zero to hero on one day. It's, it's a spectrum that span across two years. And now looking back, I, I have a way that I do it. So when I first um, start, it's, it's always raised my comfort level a little bit every time. So when I first start to market directly to seller, I do direct mails because say, hey, I don't have to talk to them. I can send them mails and they can call me. That's, that sounds not scary at all. So I'm doing mails and I, I remember at a time that somebody told me to stick with a process for at least six months. So I carry that advice still through to this day. Um, but when I first doing direct mails, I do it six months and I actually got a, that's how I got my first deal is through direct mails actually. And just finally on, on month six, somebody starts to respond and they actually have a, a deal that, that, uh, that make the number works and we, we lock it up, we assign it. I actually remember, don't know anything at all about uh, wholesale. I don't even know what contract to use. don't know the whole process, who, what attorney to even use. 
But what I do know is I connect with a local RIA guy that that helped me through that whole process, and he said that all you need to do is get a contract to me. I'll take care of the rest for you, and we split it fifty fifty. So I, I make uh, about eleven thousand uh, dollars. Split it fifty fifty. So I make about five fifty five hundred bucks. But it's uh, not much. But it showed me the whole process. So I know on my next deal, I know what attorney to use, what contract to use, how to market it, and what to ask for, and all of that. So during my first deal, I want to say I pay half the commission to someone else, but I don't get it because that's how I learned. Oh, and it's incredible. That is how you listen. You're not going to learn from reading a book. You're not going to, you're going to get, you're going to get energy from this podcast. You're going to get instruction from this podcast. You're not going to get deals from this podcast. You're going to get deals from taking what you listen to in this podcast and going out there and having a quality conversation with the distressed property owner. And that happens either by you sending out marketing and they giving you a call or saving the money and trading your time for the money. Cause maybe you don't have a huge budget when you start. Maybe you don't want to start with a huge budget. You want to get the proof of concept before you're really investing into this thing. And then you got to be proactive. So to be proactive, yeah. you can go and knock on doors of ugly houses or you can call them. And, and then all of a sudden you find these opportunities and you go, Hey, is there anybody in town that will help me out? Is there anybody at this? And you, you've mentioned Ria's a couple of times. So just for everybody that doesn't, has never heard of that, which most people have. It's a real estate investor association. It's basically like a get together. It's a a group meetup of investors in local markets. They're all throughout the country and they're fantastic. And you go and you find somebody and you say, Hey, listen, when I find a really good deal, can you help me get it through the finish line? And I'm telling you, people will say, yes, they want those deals. It's a free deal for them. You got 11,000, which means you got 5,500. He got 5,500 for doing what he does. It probably took him an hour's worth of work, to be honest, to blast it out, negotiate the offer, make sure it gets done and get it done. $5,500 an hour. Trust me, people want to get paid $5,500 an hour. So be brave, be like you, go out there, make the connection, squat up with somebody that's local, and then they can walk you through the end process and it goes really smooth. Yes. And I do want, yeah, I do want to comment on my, my, my story here. The reason why I bring up direct mail is because that's like the easiest level of comfort. It sucked for me because it cost me a tons of time because I used to lick my own mail, right? I used to lick them, just send them out, just drop to like UPS and then just dump the whole box to it. Yeah. It just cost me a lot of time. And then honestly, I, I got a deal from it, but I'm I, I'm looking at this and say, I mean, it's not fast enough by sending out mails. It took me six months. I feel like I could do, be doing something different. This is when I, I do some more research. And one thing that, keep coming back to me is two things. One is cold calling and two is texting. Now at the time I still have my engineering job. So I had to be from nine to five. And I logically think that, Hey, I can text while I'm at work. I don't have to work all the time. I can goof off for half an hour, just trying to blast out a text and then respond to one off here and there when I'm at break and something like that. And number two, I hate talking to people again. So, so texting just seemed naturally for me that I, anything I can do to reduce the amount of time I have to talk to people, I would yep. do it. So for the next, I would say the next 12 to maybe like 18 months, like even just like right before I work with you, all I was doing is texting and it's been like phenomenal. I closed pretty much a deal or two per month from just texting alone. But again, like the way I do it is I would send out a text and I would follow exactly your advice. Right? I would pre-qualify for as long as I can, I'm sure I can. But if I can at least get their their condition and their timeline, as long as I get got those two, I'm gonna hop on the phone right away because yep. the motivation and the price sometimes it's harder to get them out via text. So if I got the first two pillar, 
I'm humming on the phone and I, I talk to him and I go from there. And wait, but you, you still have to talk to him at some point. Yeah. How does that go? Like you're texting with them, you're doing this thing, and then you get them on the phone. Are you nervous? Oh, Are yeah. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? How do you get through it to, so that you can actually build trust and build a relationship with this person that's in a distressed situation? Yeah. So I feel like cold calling or talking to people, everything I do is a skill that can be broke down by the process that I can improve on, a focused approach to it. I like to compare everything to weightlifting because that's my favorite hobby besides doing this. If you, yeah, bicep, right? Me so, too. <laughs> um, so if, if, if you, when, when you first go out to the gym, you don't know what to do. So what do you do? You go home, you, you watch YouTube, you see how other people do it. You're trying to watch 10 videos on the same topic and see how different people have different approach and you see which approach can resonate with you. So I am the same way. After my first or two uh, second conversation, actually before I even pick up the phone to call somebody, I watch probably like 15 YouTube videos on like several recordings, what to say, what to ask for. But even though I watch a lot of YouTube videos, it doesn't prepare me for my first one. So I have to go through the, the suckiness of talking to someone. Sounds really horrible. Don't know what I'm doing. And then have the, the humble to, to go back and say, look, I, I don't know what I'm doing, but I, I think I, it, it can be improved. Like any skill, like just like working out, it, it can, you can observe somebody else do it. And then practice it enough to the point where you get better over time. And but look I, at you now. You, I mean, you're at 30 deals. You have spoke to every single one of those sellers, right? Right, correct. Have yeah, you ever I, spoke to a seller that didn't do a deal with you? Oh, yeah, all the time. Right? Yeah, all the time. So it's reps, right? Yes, it's yes. reps and refining. And so when you were starting out and you were having conversations, was there certain things that were tripping you up? I'm just curious. I don't know. Is there certain things that maybe you like couldn't pull out of the seller or was there certain parts where you didn't feel confident that you, now you do feel confident? Yeah. So I, I have, I, I'm like an, an, a super introvert person. So it takes me a long time to know how to be able to pull with, with people. Now I'm better now, but I used to like, before I even call them, I, I have tech notes from previous conversation. And I have to imagine how I, I would be a report. I say, oh man, did they mentioned this. How do I naturally bring it up so I can be a report with them? So I actually, I, I wrote down on my iPhone, hey, James, this is Hugh. And I, I write out exactly what I'm going to say. It's just because I was so nervous. And I like building rapport is tough, man. But then afterwards, I just realized that if you're just focusing on the, the, the conversation on the property, the rapport is just going to come out naturally. And they might mention someone often and I can get onto that really easy. I can ask them, hey, you know, what you, you, know, why you want to say? They, they might say, yeah, I want to move to, to Texas. And I was like, hey, why Texas? I, I love Texas. And it just go from there. So I, I feel like I don't have to be creative and force a rapport. If I can just focus in my conversation on the four pillars, there's just going to be stuff coming out of that that I can latch on later on. So tell everybody what the four pillars of every conversation you have with the seller are. So I always go in this order. I want to go with conditions or ask them how, if they have done any upgrades to the property, uh, the timeline, if we agree on the price, when would you want to sell it? Number three is motivation. It sounds like a beautiful property, but motivates you to sell it or you you seem to get excited rent. And also sometimes I mentioned now that, hey, with all the inflation coming, the way you're going to dump your money because it's going to get eaten up. So it's just have different way to ask the questions. And yep. the last one is I'm going to ask them for the price, obviously, how much you want for it. So You got it right there. Condition, timeline, motivation, price. Beautiful thing is when you get the condition out of them and the timeline, typically they give you the motivation, which is the greatest one. I always think that the most awkward conversation is why are you selling it as opposed to what price do you want? Price, I have no problem. Price, I can ask them 15 
16 different ways uh, and techniques to try to find out what their expectations are. But the motivation is really what we're looking for. Is this somebody that wants to trade uh, equity or price? So let's call it potential equity slash price for speed and convenience. That's what we do. That's what wholesaling is. Wholesaling is the art of finding discounted properties. And people will say people will want to get lower price to save on time and convenience. That's it. And it's not just people that are going to foreclose next week. That's always what I thought, Hugh. I always thought the only reason people would sell for such a discount is because they're about to lose the property. That is like 1% of the deals that I've ever done. 1% had a strict, like, we're going to lose the house timeline. The rest of them, it is a free willing choice. And it happens every single week of the year for us. And it's the it, same for you, Hugh. You find these people, you got to talk to a lot. But you have to understand 6 to 10% of the real estate market's in distress at all times. That's from the USS, that's from the US census. We know that there's over 11 million properties that have been vacant for over a year. We know the, we know the foreclosure statistics. We know the inheritance statistics. We know the probate statistics. We know all of those things and they all get combined into one. And then all of a sudden you got 6 to 10% that is in some sort of distress, whether it be the condition of the property, emotional distress or financial distress of the property owner. It's our job to ask those four things, condition, timeline, motivation, price. And I love that you knew them right away. That means I know it's either by you. It's like on a sheet by you, or you've been practicing and practicing, but that gives you the confidence, what you have to ask in these conversations. So you're not just going in there feeling, oh, I wonder if they're going to judge me for my accent or the way that I uh, communicate. No, you're going in there confident, pulling out these four things. I'm telling you, certainty and likability are more important than the words that you're saying. Yes. Seriously. I, I used to be so um, intimidated because I, I see the guys around me, they all like half like slick looking and then they're just like very smooth on the phone and they would just like know exactly how to say what to say, how to pull back, how to push and all that. But then I realized I didn't have the day. Like you said, it's, it's truly like truly impossible to screw up a motivated sellers. I have talked to so many people that uh, I text them the first day. And I close the deal on a second day. It's just literally happened on a span of 24 hours if they're truly motivated enough. So it does, it's almost impossible for even a guy with a thick accent and just like stutter all the time. And I, if I cannot screw it up, and then I'm pretty sure you've screwed up. Right. Moved to this country at 16, engineer, introvert. Getting on the phone and absolutely crushing almost 30 deals. You're such an inspiration. I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't, Hugh. I feel like I've gotten all of that stuff. I've gotten all of the born here, know the lingo. I've been talking forever, been in real estate since 2004, all these things. And I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine having to overcome all that and learn the nuances and learn the, the conversation styles when it's asking questions and responding. And when they ask you a question you respond and then ask them a question to control the conversation and you've learned all right. this stuff in a couple of years and that's because you've been obsessed the, the reason why i want to highlight that is because uh, i i feel like for someone with just a, like uh, a low starting point like me and to get to this point like right now like talking to people is in my blood now you know, the four pillars in my dna so i i remember without even having to think about it it's just it's just snap responses but all i want to say is if if i can come from just a low point to this kind of level it's all in the rep it's all in the training it, that's everything it. can be improved even from such a low starting point yeah it's all learned the beautiful thing about this business is it's we've already done it 
right? You already got a roadmap. You already know what to do and who to call and what to say and how to pre-qualify them and what to do on appointments. It's already laid out there. We don't have to reinvent this thing. Anybody can learn this. Anybody can do this. That's what's so incredible about this business. That's why it's the best business, in my opinion, ever. And I think that people should really start focusing and maybe switching their strategy instead of, oh, I want to buy a rental property and and flip and do all these other things. And I know you do this, Hugh, so I'm talking to you here too. But building an actual business where you have people running it and you work a couple hours in it and get passive income to the tune of a million dollars, that is an incredible lifestyle. That's an incredible thing. And then you take your excess funds after tax funds and you're buying all these incredible properties and you're getting the best properties. It's not just the properties that you get because they're a deal in the middle of nowhere. No, these are in the best school districts. They have the best appreciation. You get the best tenants because they like really respect the area and what love the area and want to be there. That's what we're talking about. Build your wholesaling business to find all these deals and get everything else. I I am so, I'm so guilty when you said that, because I know after my third deal, I was like, Hey, I'm going to buy this one. I'm going to just live in it. I'm going to just fix it up. I'm going to rent it. And I do everything myself. It's just my my nature not to trust people. When I first start doing something, it's just my nature. I I cannot find it. If if I don't know how to do it, I'm not going to outsource it. If I don't know how to manage my building, I'm not going to find a property manager. If I don't know how to fix it up, I'm not going to hire a handyman. So it's yep. just my always in my blood to always start to do something first by myself. So this way I can appreciate the money I spend when I hire out. It's just my philosophy. So exactly after my third deal, I I, I got a smoking deal and I, it's just I, I, almost impossible to not keep it. So I, I keep it. But the only problem is I spend so much time and I'm, I'm regretting it now. I'm spending so much time just like brushing the paint and then scraping up the floor. It took me a whole three months to, to fix up those duplexes. And I don't do any deals, of course, like all my time I spend doing labor job where I can easily hire out. So I'm so guilty of that. And, and I got to say now a little lesson, I would n- never do the job that I can hire out to people that are more skilled than me. Um, so right now, even if I have rental properties, uh, flippings, the way I do this flipping, I have a partner. So he handled basically all the flipping. So I don't even have to worry about it. Um, on the rental, I, I found a a super good crew that they know how to do A and Z. I even give them my credit card to like, they can charge how much, however they want. Just because I trust them so much. And I know that they're always looking for my best interest. So my, my, my rental portfolio is, is really passive now where I can buy a house give it to them. They'll fix it up. They charge me later. And I know that I was going to get a, the better price than, than the next guy. But then at this point, I never stopped my lead generation. I, we can get into how I get into cold calling, but now I'm, I'm getting to a rhythm where it doesn't matter what happened. I'm just going to do lead generation every single morning without fail, every single day. Talk to us. Go. What, what's your schedule? So for right now, I start from between eight or nine and I call usually between two and three hours. And I, my target is if I can talk to between 20 and 30 contacts per day, it's a good day. And obviously if there's some day where I have to visit my, my, my site and I, I used to just stop it doing it altogether. But now I, I realize I need to keep it going. Even if I, I don't contact the whole 30 sellers, 30 sellers, if I can just get 10 contacts, five contacts, keep that train rolling, even though I don't hit my contact goal. Yep. As long as I don't stop, I don't stop the momentum. I don't stop the skill of like just the habit of picking up the phone and call a stranger every single morning. So I like to keep that going. Doesn't matter what. So you're now at the point where you're making hours of calls yourself every single day for lead generation. Right. Why not just outsource it? You? Why not just you made enough money? Why not just uh, hire some people to make the calls for you right now? I, I am just like wholeheartedly believe that I, I 
I, I guess I could, but you I always hear you say that I'm going to be like 20% better, 20 times better than a foreign car, even though I'm for myself. Yep. But I just feel like I, right now I, I don't mind doing it. it it's, I, I don't hate it anymore. It's, uh, it's the most income producing activities that I can do right now. So yep. until I've, until my, my, my lead generation is so packed with, with leads that I cannot follow up anymore, then that's when I would hire out. But I don't think I'm at a point yet. And how do you feel it has affected the rest of your life? You know what I mean? Like having yes. that many conversations with a lot of people all day long, it starts it's blending huge. into the rest of your life. How does that affected you? It's huge. I, I feel like if I can talk to, to sellers, I can talk to anybody. I can talk to attorneys. I can talk to bankers. I can talk to my boss and negotiate salary. I can talk to my landlord and negotiate rent. I can talk to basically anybody I want to talk to. And then it's just the confidence is just through the roof, man. And I stop. So I, I still label myself as an introvert, but I like to say I can be extrovert when needed. So. Yeah. And listen, we wear different hats. I, I think labels are very powerful and it just depends on what you want to put on yourself. And some of it's truth and some of it's just stuff that has been pounded into your head. You got to investigate that yourself. But if you can have enough flexibility with any label that you could do something, if you wanted to, if there is, if there's a big enough goal, if there's a big enough reason why you'll do it. Yeah. And I think that's fantastic. Let's do it, Hugh. Let's break down a deal. Let's break down whatever deal you want. Let's break down a big deal, a fun deal, a hard deal. What's the deal that you want to break down? We're going to talk about how you found it, what you did to negotiate it, what the condition, the timeline, their motivation, their price was, and then we're going to ring this victory bell. Yeah, so I want to talk to you before I even do that. I want to say that I decided to join your program about three months ago. Yeah. The reason why I do that is because I was getting so much leads and successful with my texting my referrals that i decide it's just the right time to quit my full-time job i was doing three deals per month at one time for three months and you said hey if you can do three deals for three months that's when you should take it to the next level I, I took that's that right part. and and i i decided to quit my job and i look at all my different options i, I feel like cold calling is something that i always want to do but just don't have the time to do i decided to do that and also i decided to join a tribe because i know that the first six months is always the hardest and i wholeheartedly believe that if I take action for six months, there's no way that I fail. The yep. only way I fail is I stop before the six-month mark. That's why I decided to join the program because I know that you're going to be there. The community is going to be there. I pay for this thing, so I am better stick with it. It's all like all this combined that say, if I pay for this, I'm going to stick with it for six months. Yep. There's just no way I'm going to fail. So I just know it in my heart. And you always say there's, there's going to be 200 contacts per, per deal. And I will actually, I'm, I'm way past my 200 contact now. So I have a, a couple of deals uh, in the pipeline, but this one I want to talk about, I, I found him through cold calling. And so uh, it actually took me a month of following up because even though the price is good, the motivation, he said the house is completely destroyed, but the seller is just a natural procrastinator. Like he's just thing that everybody's out there is trying to get him. He gets some PTSD from the Vietnam war that doesn't help him think straight. And so he just took like the longest time to, to, to even do anything because I was getting so frustrated because we agreed on a number and he said that he's going to get back to me later at night. And then that night turned into the next night and the next night. I, but every time I call him, he, he would pick up and say, hey, Hugh, can you call me tomorrow? So Ed, let's just keep going on. So I call him every single day without fail for the next three weeks. And uh, finally was able to find an appointment to actually I had to drive to his house that's like an hour and a half away from me. Uh, so we sit down and we talk. For, I, I know that I'm not going to be able to like just sign a contract with this guy. So I know I have to like just spend as much time as possible trying to build a porch, just make make sure that I was like his best friend before I even talked about real estate. 
So yeah. I spend probably an hour and a half talking about different things. Uh, my life is life. I'm trying to build a relationship. Like a, I want him to be my real friend, right? And I truly mean that, right? It's to come out authentic. So by the time we, we end the conversations, he was feeling comfortable with me. And so we signed a contract. Awesome. What list was he on? Why did you call him in the first place? Was yes. there some sort of indication of distress? So yes, and, and that's why I love cold calling, right? Because I pull probably like 10,000 of people for my texting already. So for me, those are, I, I already have a phone number. My also call them. So it doesn't cost me any more extra money because the leads are already there. And without cold calling, I would never get this deal yep. because it's only a landline. So if I only text him, there's, there's no way that, that I can get a hold of him. Yep, locking up this uh, tired landlord, typical list, like after okay. the owner, like typical stuff, like nothing crazy, 10 years old, uh, t- 10 year old, 10 years ownership, um, absent the owner. So awesome. And you locked it up for how much? Uh, $65,000. Okay. And then you put it out to your cash buyers and sold it for how much? So this one, we're actually going to flip ourselves because it's right there where we have our crew ready. So I think we're going to put about a 55 into it. So we all in for about 110 and it should sell for a minimum of 200, if not way more. 200,000. Yes. So you're going to net after closing costs and agents, probably 65, 75. Yes. About 70. Oh my gosh. Ring that bell. Come on. <laughs> that is awesome. That is absolutely incredible. What about the deal you locked up today? You locked up a piece of land right before this show for $2,500. What do you yes. think you're going to sell that? Based on the formula, I think I'm going to be able to sell it for between 20 on the low side and 40 on the high side. I so. think so too. Yep. Yep. I think so too. That's incredible. Give people advice, people that are just starting out or maybe some people that have started and they've done a deal, but they just can't build the momentum. What would you do to really jumpstart your business if you're starting or restarting? I just got to believe that it's going to get easier over time. That's the main thing. I don't expect it to be hard like this after a few months in because, and it's hard to say that, right? Because now I I look back, I can comfortably say that, but at a time I, I don't see it. But truly, if you're doing this process, for six months, if you're calling people every day for six months, I guarantee you there's, there's no way to fail unless you quit or too early. So whatever you don't quit before the six-month mark, just, just stick with it. So are you saying that the guy that started off hating TTP is suggesting that people TTP? Yes. <laughs> yes. I you love get it better. here. Yes. That's awesome. I am so incredibly just uh, inspired by you, just personally. What a story. And just the fact that I, and literally over the last three months of you just being in the coaching and getting these deals, I see you blossoming on the support calls. I see you blossoming just in your business, the conversations that we have, the text that we have. It's absolutely incredible. And I think that you're really getting to that point where you're getting to that that almost like superhero bulletproof uh, place where you know that you can get predictable business if you stay focused and keep uh, the lead generation going and locking up these deals and getting these deals sold. So I'm so incredibly happy for you. I really am here. You're an inspiration to everybody for real. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate you saying that. That's awesome. How can people get a hold of you if they want to reach out? I know that you're not on Instagram. That's that whole introvert thing, right? No, I'm just kidding. Is there a good email that maybe people can reach out to you or Facebook or something? 
Yeah, so my, my Facebook, if you search for uh, hieu.bui.140, that's my URL right there. And uh, I am very active on Facebook. Like, like Brent said, always get loud. So I post every single deal I close. I post, I raise private money on Facebook. Yep. I, I, I post my flip progress on Facebook. So everything is, is on Facebook. And you can also just email me at hbuiinvesting at gmail.com too. Uh, if you want to reach out, and I know that uh, there's some people that, that need some help when they first started with cold calling or whatever, I'm here to serve. Awesome. I love it. And anybody, listen, if you're in Augusta in Athens, Georgia, those are the two main markets for Hugh. Make sure that you squat up. He's obviously getting these deals sold and he's a buyer himself. So make sure if you've got some opportunities there, bring it to Hugh and, and connect. So, Thank you, Hugh. Thank you for being on here. What an inspiration. I think everybody can, and, and really, I think it's, it's a perspective change that goes, okay, if Hugh can do this, I can too. You know what That's I'm saying? Message. That's my message. That's yeah. the biggest message right there. You can do it so can other people um, that didn't have to come over the certain uh, the challenges that you had. So I think it's wonderful. Thank you, Hugh, for being on here. All right. Thank you. Go ahead and get the best. You're the best. That's awesome. And if you're interested in joining the most proactive group in real estate investing with you, it is the TTP coaching program. Go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP, wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. Check out what it's all about. Check out all the incredible wholesalers from around the country that are involved and check out what the program's all about. If it feels good in your gut, sign up for a call and I look forward to working with you personally. And I sign off as always encouraging you to go out there with energy and enthusiasm and go talk to people till next time, guys. Love you. See ya. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.